Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Listen, I really, really want to talk to you about so many things. And I don't think you're going to like everything I have to say. Well, what is it about? I spent time with Sandoval. I really know for a fact he's in a very dark place. I know that. I'm pissed off because I reached out when his friend passed away. I sent a very sweet text. What did he do? He blocked me. He's diving into this villain energy, and I'm not here for it. He needs to humble himself, have some humility, and I told him to get a good therapist. My conversation with Sandoval last night could not have been more frustrating. He is taking no accountability for anything that he's done. So uh, Lisa saying he's depressed, you know what? I haven't seen that. I've just seen him. back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Vanderpump Rules Edition. Uh, we clearly have a lot to talk about. Uh, it's like, you ever in those mind states where so much is rushing to your head all at once that it's like you can't think, you can't speak? I want to say five things right now at the same time, and now it's like a clusterfuck in my mouth. I, <laughs> Tom Sandoval the dummy that you are. I guess we should talk about this, right? I guess we just got to hop out the gate and talk about this Tom Sandoval New York Times article that went (laughs) rogue, no pun intended. Um, Wow, this man, wow. He, 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 ew. So I deigned to like, Use up one of my free articles for the New York Times to read this bullshit, bullshit nonsense. And it's almost like I'm glad it happened, even though slight racisms were done. Okay, somehow there's a silver lining to this. Can I um, articulate what it is at this point? No, but I think we're going to get there soon. Uh, maybe, Maybe later today I might get to it, but... Here's the thing. If you guys did not see what happened, um, somebody at the New York Times shored up enough money in the budget to dedicate a whole photo shoot and article to one Tom Sandoval. And, you know, what has the past year been like for him in the haze of him, like, you know, slinging it to Rachel under under the nose of his betrothed, right? So, I mean, how do I even break this to you guys? I don't even know what to say. 
except for what he said, which is, are you guys ready for this? He said, uh, this is like, how, how has life been? You know, right? And he says, well, I'm not really a pop culture historian, but I witnessed the O.J. Simpson thing and George Floyd and all these big things, which was really weird to compare this to that, I think. But do you think in a weird way it's a little bit the same? I So the O.J. Simpson thing. Which thing? His football career? Or the two people he murdered? Which thing? Which thing? The Hertz commercials that he did in the 80s? Which thing, Thomas? What thing did OJ do? What thing? And George Floyd, if we don't let this man rest, it is damn Black History Month. I mean, can we not? The audacity, the audacity, the utter unmitigated gall. Like, it's so sick. This man is sick. He's unwell. And my sister, to quote Monique, my sister done burned too many bridges. And there's nothing we can do for her anymore. Like, what is this? What am I supposed to say to this? The writer goes on to say, I think I knew what he meant. He was trying to express the oddity of becoming a symbolic center of a nationwide discussion and a major news story. What he communicated instead was something more honest, which is just how much the experience had made him lose perspective. I agree. And then he also, at just like a couple sentences later, compares himself to Danny Masterson, who's in prison, and he knows it. He is a, he might not be much of a pop, pop culture historian, but he did know that Danny is a convicted rapist because he says, and I quote, I feel like I got more hate than Danny Masterson. And he's a convicted rapist. <laughs> I'm just thinking, if I'm his mom over in St. Louis, I'm thinking I'm never getting that investment back. For fuck's sake, it was the worst, worst investment I <laughs> Never get my retirement money back. Thank you, Thomas. This article is such a shit show, you guys. It starts off with basically what we all have seen and assumed is going on is that this idiot has just yes people and hangers on in his circle. He's got a new personal assistant. We've freed Annie. Annie free. (laughs) It's backwards now. And this 23-year-old crisis PR manager that he has, 23, the article makes it very clear that this girl is giving fan behavior. She wants to know all the tea. Tom is talking about little scraps of things. And um, is Ariana here? Is she still living in the house? Oh, my God, where is she? Is she going to come back? She she wants to know all the tea. She, apparently, she and her little girlfriends, and I mean little girlfriends because, like, I'm talking like middle school, that they were had been watching the show since they were in like seventh grade or whatever. And now here she is a 23 year old crisis PR manager for Tom Sandoval. You know, there are crisis PR managers with longer experience in this specific field that she's been alive that wouldn't be able to handle this and haven't been. And what do you think? Unless this is a Doogie Hauser of crisis PR management. And it clearly is not because when he made that George Floyd and OJ Simpson thing comment, um, she started furiously texting and this interview got shut down real quick. So apparently if you want to read the rest of the article, try to just like read the screenshots because the other half of the article was basically, um, we ended that interview for the day and, the next day, I'm getting calls like, oh, Tom can't come anymore. Um, hey, from Bravo and the production team, um, is there anybody else from the cast that you want to talk to? 
I don't know if Tom Sandoval's the one. Like, clearly they found out what he said and were like, uh-uh. So the rest of the article is like they had to shoehorn Alex Baskin, the EP, into the rest of it to talk about, basically, I just kind of skimmed through. Same things that we all knew if you'd read articles during a Scandoval era, just about how production works and all that, like, behind-the-curtain stuff. Not interesting. Sorry, Alex. But, um, wow. <laughs> and that was the night that the lights went out at in Valley, Valley, at Valley Village. I really, like, what is he going to do with this now? And honestly, I think this article came out at the perfect time with this specific episode because I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings. And um, now that we know how this man truly rolls currently in 2024, I think it's safe to say that we can all have some uh, maybe more unfiltered thoughts and feelings than we would have last week, you know, with regard to last week's episode. So with that, let's get into episode four. So the episode begins, James and Allie are going to be hosting their first pool party. Welcome to Casa Kennedy, y'all. James went hard, okay? He went to Home Depot, Vons, freaking Target. He bought like 12 towels or something. He bought a whole grill for the situation. Probably spent like two grand. Where'd that go? I don't know. Ariana and Katie are over at Valley Village getting ready for the party, right? They're like picking out their bikinis or whatever. Talking about how the night before, at emo night... Katie and Ariana drove back to the house, or they got a lift back to the house. And that happened to be, once they pulled up to the house, he was like, oh, I've been here before. Oh, I drove you a while back. You were with your husband, and he had cheated on you or something? (laughs) How did she get the same driver from the night? The night who heard everything. Everything. Can you imagine like, Ariana says in a confessional, I don't think this man has any clue how many people out there want to talk to this man. Because apparently, he has no idea, like, who she is. Like, he, what a juxtaposition. There for probably one of the most raw and intimate conversations in reality TV history. And he also has no clue, after the fact, who these people are. And that this has been a whole millions-dollar-generating news item. She did tell him, we're not together anymore. He's like, yeah, that's probably for the best. I'm like, yeah. You see, even this man who knows nothing about it, but knows every, he knows everything and also nothing. Even he knows this is a good idea. <laughs> so they continue to talk about last night, and Ariana tells Katie, I feel like Lala was making some good points at Schwartz about how, yo, you're going to regret this never-ending butt-licking, this uh, uh, human centipede relationship that you have with Sandoval because one day it's going to bite you in the ass and it's going to be him. He, it's going to be his mouth biting you in the ass. And he wanted to act like, oh, because it was her, Katie, and Lala all making very salient points to him that he was being ganged up on. And then she starts powdering her nose in a confessional and looking into a little hand handheld mirror and says, this guy that I haven't talked to in what, how many months is thinking that he knows how I feel and what's going on in my life. (laughs) Sounds just like a man. So Katie says at a confessional that in terms of this Tahoe trip that he's trying to concoct with everybody, she would frankly rather eat a jean jacket than go to Tahoe shorts and Sandoval, frankly. She also has the work that they want to do at something about her. She's not trying to delay that for some, you know, being trapped in a horror show with her ex-husband and this idiot that ruined everything <laughs> who happens to be his best friend, right? Ariana's like, yeah, I'm not going. Like, I don't feel comfortable staying in a cabin with Tom. Which, you know, I think a lot of people were like, but you live with the dude. So what's that about? Fair enough. But different, because she knows that she would have to, like, film with him. She doesn't have to film with him at her house. But she would in Tahoe. So I do think there is a slight difference in that. But I hear you. I hear you guys. After that, Sheena and Lala show up to Lisa's house. They show up to Villa Rosa. So they're they're like in their uh, bikinis and stuff because they're about to go to James's pool party. So Lala's just in a bikini and a cover-up. She goes, 
how much do you want to bet that Lisa's going to say something about us being naked? It's like literally the first thing she said. First, she showed them her new dog donut. And then she's like, why are you guys naked? About 18 seconds flat. Anyway. So she sits them down outside and is like, you know, I spent time with Tom Sandoval and I know for a fact that he's in a very, very dark place. And Sheena tells her, I'm really pissed off because I reached out to him when his friend passed away. I sent a very sweet text message. And what does he do? He blocked me. You know, he's diving into this villain energy. And I know he's not. He needs to humble himself and get a new therapist. Sheena tells her, like, my conversation with Sean or with Tom has been really frustrating because he won't take responsibility for anything. So whatever you're talking about, I haven't seen. I've just seen him, like, projecting. So Lisa tells them, well, maybe he's angry and he doesn't know what he's doing. And then Lala's like, no, 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 Lisa, he's actually doubling down because Sheena, tell her what he said about me last night. She's like, Tom called her a narcissist. So Lala says, I'm not stupid. I know in my situation I should have asked more questions. But I can forgive somebody when they admit that they hurt me. You know? But I can't forgive him for not admitting that. Like, he's gone on these news rants and talked about how I was a mistress and the private jet and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, I'm supposed to be forgiving of him. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that, Right. So Lisa's like, yeah, yeah, but you're in a good place. You know, you've got people that love you and, and blah, 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 and he's not. And so Lisa says in a confessional that Tom is just the shadow of his former self. And, like, she tells him, you know, I remember the words that my brother said when he was depressed and it haunted me. And I don't want to be in a position where we have regrets. And this is where I have to T-T-F-O. We got to time the fuck out. And I'm, like, being dead ass here. Why, this is a million dollar question, I feel like, if Lisa feels like this situation is this vital, take Tom Sandoval off the fucking show and get him some help. If you feel like this is something that like is a really essential situation, why are you putting this in the hands of Sheena and Lala? You know? That's fucking crazy. <laughs> this is not in their, like, job spectrum. I would not be asking them to do this and to put this responsibility on them. Take them off the show. Tell production. Get them some help. If that's what he's been saying, they should have shut this shit down immediately and gotten him into treatment. But you're making Sheena and Lala feel bad about it and be like, and I get it. It, it. This is what's so frustrating to me is that, like, I, I just feel like Tom has a history of using Ariana's mental health as just, like, an excuse for him to behave badly and cheat on her because she was going to kill herself. So I, you know, I couldn't break up with her. I had to keep fucking Raquel secretly. Because she was going to kill herself. And I just, I'm just having a hard time with this because I do take mental health very seriously. And I do take suicidal ideation very seriously. And I don't know that Tom does. And it's just feeling like very disingenuous to me. And so if you guys saw the after show, I think it is a very important conversation to watch all these people sort of navigate these um, claims that Tom has made, and I fully agree um, with things not being right with the way it's being handled on the show. So, like, to go back to my larger point, I think that, you know, obviously Lisa has a very personal tie to this, and then in the after show, Sheena talks about how she has a situation, or had a situation where she had a friend who completed suicide, and how she had spoken to that person a few days prior to the completion, and um, they had, you know, said that they were depressed, and Sheena told them, like, maybe you need to look at your life and your choices and how, like, that kind of sat with her and how she just, you know, obviously she didn't want to be in a position where she, again, maybe felt like 
she was not there for somebody or like, you know, whatever may have contributed, you know, not contributed, but she just didn't want that to weigh on her. Right. Completely understandable emotions. And I see where they're coming from, which is like what makes it even more of a situation where I'm like kind of white knuckling this saying, obviously, I hope that he never feels that way. I would not want anybody to feel that way, even if I don't fuck with them. But like, if he's being honest, this needs to go through the proper channels, not through Shana Shay. You know, <laughs> like let's let's really just pull back like an inch and think about how that sounds. You know what I mean? Like, with all due respect to Sheena, I also would be like, girl, I'm not the one. You know, I'm not the one. So Lala tells her, listen, I hear you. I don't want anybody to wear this for the rest of their life either. I have, you know, heard the stuff about me. I continue to see people talk about me in a certain way. I don't want that for somebody else. And then Lala says in a confessional that she had never really given Sandoval's mental health a whole lot of thought. She kind of put him in the same category as Randall. Like, this is a person who has no feelings. And then because of that, she has also been holding on to a lot of anger and she doesn't trust anybody. And it's just like not easy. And again, this is like, I feel like we're dipping back into your stuff when we were talking about other people, but that's okay. I get it. So Sheena tells Lisa, listen, it's not easy for me because he was one of the best friends that I ever had. And Lisa says, well, doesn't that make it easier for you to forgive? And then Sheena says, well, is it worth losing Ariana? And Lisa says, oh, well, just talk to her about it. And don't be a people pleaser. I'm like, well, you're basically telling her you need to do what I say. <laughs> so don't be a people pleaser, Sheena, unless that person is me. Thank you. Get out. So in a confessional, Sheena says that Ariana made it very clear that anybody who had a friendship with Sandoval did not have one with her. And like... How is she going to do that when they're in this place? So then Lisa asks them if they're going to Tahoe. And Sheena's like, well, Schwartz did say there was going to be a lake and a boat, so I'm in. <laughs> so Lisa tells them, okay, we'll just, like, just stop attacking Sandoval, right? Like, none of us are perfect, right? And it's like, okay, well, that these are the platitudes that... Lisa like kills me with oh none of us are perfect like yeah sure well if if I defy everybody for cheating I wouldn't have a stuff get on it like like shit like that <laughs> just really like I don't know these aren't really uh, uh phrases that I think are really um they're they're just not aging well in 2024 that's all I'm gonna say so everybody shows up to the pool party Schwartz shows up with a third plant and a bottle of tequila whatever the hell he tells. James, that he's semi-sober curious now. So last night he was sober curious, and now we're semi-sober curious, which is not even like halfway, right? Like, don't you consider semi less than halfway? So he's now like a quarter thinking about being curious about being sober. It's a real big downgrade. He claims that he's going to drink because the women tarred and feathered him last night. Fuck out of here, Schwartz. Like, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <sighs> so he's fully planning on acting like a victim of Lala and Ariana and Katie, holding him accountable the day before. And he says in a confessional, I'm not an accessory to Tom's behavior. I'm a whole other person. It's like, yeah. Have you considered, Schwartz, that the whole other person part might also be the issue? I think that might be the problem for at least at least for Katie is that the, the person that you are is Schwartz. So that's not really much better. Tom then goes to Sandoval goes to a place called Into Me C S E A with Billy Lee. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He's like, dude, this whole situation has really stressed me out and like overwhelmed. And I would be able to handle those emotions in different ways. So they both get into robes and... Basically, Billy acts like some sort of doula, some kind of like, yes, woman doula, a doula slash sycophant. I don't know. But anyway, she like just sits beside the tub. I guess it's a cold plunge. There's no ice in it, but it seems like cold, I guess. So he's like, it's like a full on Lamaze class for bullshit. Like, she's like, are you okay? Just breathe in through the nose, out through your mouth. You know, like, sir, Tom, shut up. (laughs) Like, what's going on here? So then he's like, in a confessional, like, I don't really know what it's like to be an outsider in this group. You know, I feel like Andy Dufresne in the beginning of Shawshank Redemption, which, like, sir, you said that you're not a pop culture scholar, so maybe the analogies just aren't for you, you know? Maybe we just don't, don't say anybody's name. Don't compare yourself to anybody else, fiction or non. Just, just, no. If, if your PR girl wants to give you a list of uh, like TikTok stars that maybe you could compare yourself to, maybe then a list of approved TikTok. Because who else would she know? And people from um from the cast of Dune. I don't know. Like I don't know what twenty three year olds do. Honestly, <laughs> what are they into? I, I honestly don't know. Give Sandoval a list of appropriate Olivia Rodrigo. Sabrina Carpenter and Tate McRae songs that he can compare his situation to. I think that might be a a softer place for him to land. Okay. Start with vampire. Anyway. So then he says, you know, like it's the closest people to you. He says this to Billy Lee. It's the closest people to you that hurt you the most. Who are you referring to? Who are you referring to in this case? Tom Sandoval. Because the irony of you making that statement, it ain't lost on me. And then he does a T- T-Rex hair in the bath. Like, he gets under the water because at first he's just, he, like, above water. And then he, like, plunges underneath. And Billy is like, God. <laughs> what a pill. I, like, what is, she's just like a, like a, ugh. Like a, like a. Like it's like a sponge that smells a little bit bad. Like it's just starting to get a little bit mildewed, and you're like, ugh. I, that's, ugh. Like it's not, it's not full mildew. We're like, we're like, oh, I don't like this, but it's like, ooh, okay, mm, something, something here that I don't love. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get any more whiffs of this. I just don't want any more whiffs of Billy. No more whiffs of Billy 2024. So yeah, he gets under the water, and she's watching him like, oh my god. He's under cold water. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So then we got to go back to this party real quick. Lala is just like having a little bit of alone time with Allie. She just kind of mentions offhand that she wants to get a BBL. And Allie goes, well, let's just hold each other accountable by doing 50 squats a day this summer. And then by the end of the summer, we'll look better. <laughs> I love her. I really do. I'm going to book a session with Allie. Should I? I bet she's very booked up at this point. So then Lala asks about James' sobriety. Like, have y'all talked about it? Has he told you the specific reason why he got sober? And Allie says, yeah, but, like, I don't I don't really feel comfortable sharing that. And Lala says, well, do you think if I ask him he'll say anything? She's like, yeah, maybe. But then she says, well, I don't want to trigger him. I don't want to get too deep. And Allie's like, no, no, no. I, like, I think you should. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, 
he's outside showing Schwartz these cans of uh, weed drink that he got and is just chugging them. And everybody's like, whoa, chill. (laughs) Chill out, James. And then Lala ping-pongs herself over to Schwartz, or should I say flip-flops herself over to Schwartz, to tell him, like, oh, yo, like, last night I came in pretty hot, but, you know, I'm just working on not being triggered by my own experiences, and I'm just really tired of keeping my dukes up, and, you know, I just got to find a middle ground between having my machete out and, you know, crying in the fetal position. And again, it's like... Okay, every time you lash out, it doesn't have to be because of what's going on in your life. Like, you can just not fuck with Sandoval or Schwartz, either of them, because you don't fuck with them. Like, it doesn't have to be because of some deep-rooted other issue that you have to then apologize for. Like, stand on business, girl. If you don't fuck with him, don't fuck with him. And what she said wasn't even that bad. Just say, like, you need to be more careful around this person who has a pattern of devious behavior. Like, what about that should I apologize for? <laughs> Y'all would hate me on reality TV. <laughs> I really think... I used to think that I would be so boring on reality television that, like, I would be like... I don't want to compare myself to anybody, but, like, that people would not find me interesting. But then I see people's feelings about certain things and I'm thinking like damn if this were me y'all would fucking hate me on reality like hate me (laughs) so Schwartz tells her oh you know like I appreciate that I know we all have problems but you know I just feel like Ariana has this like she's been exalted to this like queen status and I feel like she's got like diva behavior instead of somebody who's been hurt fuck you like (laughs) like, what is she supposed to act like a wounded soldier like sorry Sorry that she dares to be happy. Sorry that she takes brand deals. Like, the idea that she is like, who cares if she's happy? (laughs) I I don't understand his logic, but I never do. So Lala tells him that she, he handled himself well with Ariana and she's like, oh, I think I only came for you because you called her out for her ego and I took that on like, oh, he's talking about my ego, blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to come across like you should abandon Tom, but I just constantly watch you please everyone around you and you remind me of my dad where people would just bulldoze over him and I really feel like the stress of that is what killed him. I just want to, what's best for you, right? I want, I want you to be down for somebody, but I also want what's best for you. So then Tom says he's sorry for like the way he retaliated at her last season when he told her to go plump up her lips more, right? And he's like, you're actually like one of the most beautiful girls I've ever met, like platonically, you know? And, you know, it is easy to lash out at you and be like, oh, your lips or whatever. But, you know, I see how you are with your daughter and, you know, I just see why I fell in love with you in the first place, platonically. And here's the thing, like, I, I feel like Schwartz has this, like, weird, like, Madonna whore thing with women where he's either so sweet to them or he just goes for the most misogynistic, your looks, you look like a fake Kardashian you're a housewife, you're this, like, low-tier woman to me, and it it is, like, pseudo-sexual, because he hates women, but then he, like, loves them, <laughs> like, and, and this is where he's, like, you're so beautiful, and obviously, like, men can find women beautiful, and it be pl- completely platonic sometimes, it, it does happen, so I've heard, <laughs> but um, I just feel like he always gets the, the wires are always crossed with him, and I don't know. I, I have more of a theory on that, but I'm gonna have to work those out. So back to into me see. Tom tells Billy that he has not spoken to Raquel in about three weeks at this point. She's it, it, it's also like the way she reacts to him, like oh my god, like she gives him every response he needs just like just such a willing wide eye like oh and also like if you guys are such good friends surely you would know that she is not talking to this chick in almost a month right when you were just at the party talking about it his weird birthday party with all the people that he pays so then 
Um, what is he going to say? <laughs> like, I'm just like, every time Billy gets in these scenes, it, it, it's these two, it's both of them. It's also Sandoval. But Billy's, Billy's not helping the situation either. So then he tells her, like, oh, you know, I haven't talked to Raquel and, like, th- Rachel in, like, three weeks now. We actually do see a clip from, like, a month before. It sounds, it looked like maybe before he was about to go to New Zealand, right? Where he's like, oh, I'm going to be gone for 10 days. We don't hear her voice. So you can't quite tell if it's a voicemail that he's leaving or not. But he said it also could just be him recreating this. It's kind of giving that, to be honest with you. But he says that was the conversation where she told him that she was going to be extending her stay in the facility. Now, on her podcast, apparently she told uh, everybody that he she, that Tom tried to talk her out of staying. Well, not even that. That he actually specifically was trying to get her to leave like early and do some like Bonnie and Clyde shit. And she was like, no, like, no. So him acting like he's now a victim of her trying to work on her mental health. And he says in a confessional, like he's basically saving himself for her as though this is this great heroic thing that he's doing. If your partner goes to a treatment center the presumption would be that you would be faithful to them because you're still in a relationship with them. doesn't matter that they're somewhere else. So for you to even act like this is some sort of honorable thing that you're doing <laughs> for this woman that you claim to love. I mean, I think that paints a, a very distinct picture. And Billy co-signing this narrative that he is like a victim to her being in treatment or that like, he needs to just focus on himself or like he's giving too much time thinking about her. Like he needs to like, what are we doing here? This is the people that he does not need to be around because if he was being truly therapized in a way that was helpful to his betterment and his progress as an adult, let's say just an adult, let's not even get to man just as an adult, basic responsibilities. Um, This New York Times article would never have happened because nobody in their right mind would let him say something like that. And I tell you one thing, I guarantee you that the George Floyd comment and the OJ comparisons were not the first time that he said this. He's probably worked shop this a couple times because you know the type of person where he just like he comes up with a line and he says it over and over and over again because he thinks he ate and he didn't. So he probably had been working on it, not even working on it, but like he, he came to him one time and he's like, oh, I'm just going to say this because that's really going to, you know, it's really going to do it on them then if I if I drop that comparison on them. And and. And nobody says anything. And they're just like, oh, follow your bliss, Tom. This is the shit that happens. And by the way, I forgot to mention that he did post a um, a 24-hour. You might be able to still catch it if you listen, if you go real quick to his Instagram stories. His apologies to black people is going to last for about uh, seven hours, maybe. Maybe five by the time you're listening. So... Tom wrote on his Instagram story, my intentions behind the comments I made in the New York Times magazine were to explain the level of national media attention my affair received. The comparison was inappropriate and ignorant. I'm incredibly sorry and embarrassed. And he did do it black background, white font, in case anybody was wondering that he did take this kind of seriously. Seems about a 16 point font. This is not Comic Sans. Um, but, like, what the fuck am I supposed to say about this? This is kind of like a continuing conversation in my head about uh, media literacy, but more about the fact that, like, we are more le- media literate now, and these celebrities and the PR people need to catch up to the fact that we now understand. Like, you can't get away with comments like, statements rather like my intentions behind the comments I made were to explain the level of national media attention my affair received because that is presuming that we're stupid and that we didn't get it. We got it. 
we understand why you made the compare. No, we understand the comparison. We just don't know why you made that one. We get it. It's just stupid. That's the issue is that we didn't understand why you said it. We we get it. We just don't understand. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, and you guys and that and that those kind of statements are not enough. I think Liberty Single. If I just like explain what I was trying to say, then that'll just be the end of it. But it's like, no, we all know what you were trying to say. That's not the issue. The issue is that what you said was stupid. So, and it's not like we can't do uh, my, my comments were taking out of context anymore, which he, to be fair, he did not say, he did say it was inappropriate and ignorant. I don't believe that he's incredibly sorry and embarrassed because I don't think that Sandoval has been incredibly sorry or embarrassed with anything, you know, like, Again, if you knew how to feel those emotions, then we wouldn't be here on February of 2024. You having to write Instagram stories apologizing for your dumbass statements, you know? So if you knew to be embarrassed and sorry eight months ago even, then we wouldn't be here today. But we are. So here we are. Oh, my God. You guys, I also just want to mention, since I can't stop talking about the fact that JoJo Siwa lifted him over her shoulders that he complained in that New York times article that the show tried to make it seem like he was like a pussy or whatever. And that he left before Jojo when actually she had withdrawn from the show before he did, or I don't know if he withdrew from the show or it just ended. She left the show early. What happened to him? I don't know or give a fuck, but He's basically saying, like, oh, they tried to make it seem like she left after me and she didn't. <laughs> just, you know, and sometimes we just, like, maybe we just don't say things because it's more embarrassing for you to complain about it than to just not say anything at all. Like, you didn't have to talk about JoJo Siwa. Like, I can laugh about her, and I will. And I'm not laughing about her. I'm laughing about you with regard to her. Um, and I'm going to keep doing it, but, like, most people would let that fall by the wayside. But now you're sitting here acting like a bitch over how you were edited versus JoJo fucking Siwa. And, like, at what point are you going to be embarrassed? At what point? (laughs) I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired. I'm getting cramps. And I don't like it. So he goes on to blah, 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 cry to Billy Lee about how he just wants to be happy, but he doesn't feel like he's allowed. And I also don't understand these, like, his campaign of, like, punishing himself and his body and, like, being on a healing journey through that. I don't even know that, like, has somebody asked him to complete the sentence of, okay, if you go on the special forces, if you tie a gunny sack to your back, 50-pound back to your back, pack, back, pack to your back, and you run up a hill, okay, what is that going to do? How does that change anything for you? You you go over to Glendale or whatever to get in a cold pool and a, and a nice little robe into me see with Billy Lee. What did that do anything? Even a, what did that do? What what are you what are you hoping is the end result from this this manual labor? The when you get under the water into me see, you gonna have a revelation of how you treat like what's going on? What's going on down there? But to be fair, this is like the only time I'm going to be like a little bit fair to Sandoval. I have noticed like respectfully that white people tend to do extreme sports for reasons of like bettering themselves or like, I honestly don't know what the end game is. So that's really kind of just a general question to all of you. Like what's with the skydiving and stuff? Like why, like why are we climbing every mountain and like dying on them? Like what's the point? Like, I'm, I'm genuinely asking because the way my ancestors are set up, I'm built for a life of leisure. So I just don't get this. This is not this is not my ancestors' dream. So I just want to know, like, is it y'all's? And, like, what, what did they want you guys to do? This is a real question. Like, did you guys see the video of the guy who went up in a hot air balloon with, like, a group of people? And he just wanted to skydive out of the hot air balloon. And they were like, dog, 
you can't do that. That's a liability. And he's like, no, I have like so much training to do. And like, it's like he was planning to get his hours and he was trying to explain to them, like, I have like a thousand hours to log before I'm like an official skydiver. And you guys are like hindering, like he was just going to just jump out. Didn't even tell them before they got up. So the guy, the conductor or whatever, I don't know what they call them. is like gripping onto this man is like, I am not letting you go. As he's explaining, like, oh, this was my dream. I wanted to do that. We're high up enough, and I know science. He's like, it's a liability, you dumb fuck. Like, I'm not doing this. We're going down right now. We're going down right now. Like, he went into full uh, mommy at Toys R Us. Like, you guys are not behaving, so we're leaving. Okay? Get out. And put your, hand, put your hands on the, on, the, on the trolley so you don't touch nothing else. <laughs> he was so sick of him. Like, why do y'all do that? And he had the nerve to be mad at the conductor. Who? Because why do, Why are you letting me jump out of here just all willy-nilly? Bitch, why do you think? Like, what's not clear? He was genuinely, like, confused. Girl. Anyway, let's be done with them. So back to the pool party. Sheena goes over to Ariana and Katie, who have, like, a little something about her pool floaty, which is very cute. And tells them about the conversation she had with Lisa and well, first about the conversation she had with Tom and how like stupid it was, but also how she's personally struggling because she back to back had that conversation with Lisa and how she and Sheena and she and uh, Lala and Lisa were all in tears. And Lisa was telling them that she had seen a lot of similarities with her brother before he passed away and the things that he was saying and, how she asked them to ease up on things. And Ariana says, but her brother and Tom are very different. He's still not sorry. And he will not take any responsibility for what he did. So what does Lisa expect for me to go on Instagram and be like, Hey everybody, it's Ariana. Don't be mad at Tom anymore. <laughs> Cause that's not happening. And then Ariana says in a confessional, I can understand he had thoughts and feelings, but those are because of situations that he has created and which he didn't give a fuck about other people's mental health and their thoughts and feelings. So listen, I'm going to sound like a bitch right now, but it's just kind of annoying. So then Sheena starts to get emotional about her friendship with Tom and Ariana goes, it wasn't genuine. Okay. As soon as he starts getting invited to the parties again, he's, he's just going to be like, great. This is exactly what I wanted. So Ariana says, this is a scary person who constantly changes the things that comes out of his mouth, and it all just feels like manipulation. So after that, James goes over to Lala's place, and he does see a, a bottle, a baby bottle, and he goes, was that yours? It was in Oceans. <laughs> Fair enough. So she starts with the sober talk, right? Like, what made you want to do it? What's going on, Right. He tells her that when Scandaval went down, he was, like, getting drunk. He was doing a lot of DJ gigs. He and Allie were fighting a lot, and they ended up getting into this big fight because, you know, like, he was getting petty on Instagram, and she was just like, okay, what are Riz's feeling coming from? Like, you're getting a little too involved. What's going on? When we see her, when he talks about this, like, Raquel and, and how he feels betrayed by all of this, you know, she gets a little side-eye. She doesn't like that shit, right? So the fight got so bad Allie took the cats and left for a couple nights to go sleep at a friend's house. And how he came back home, the vibe was totally different with her gone. And then he says something that's very interesting that I don't think that, like, he quite caught on to. You know, he keeps talking about how Raquel gave him this ultimatum to stop drinking or break up as though this was like a strike against Raquel, which for me, it's not going to be because he needs to be sober. Like, that's very clear. So he's talking about it now as though like he didn't do it right the first time. He was sober for two and a half years and then he broke up with Raquel and he thought, oh, you know, like, I'll just have a drink or two, whatever. Right. And then he's with Allie. Scandival happens, things spiral, and he says that he told Allie, I'm scared of losing you, so I'm just not going to drink anymore. So I guess my, my question is, he's acting like his sobriety now is less of an ultimatum and more of a personal choice that he's made, because he did see the benefits of sobriety the first time, but like he's going to do it right the this 
the right time on his own terms. But he's also saying to Lala, well, I told Allie, like, I, you know, I'm scared of losing you and I'm not going to drink anymore because of it, which granted Allie's not giving you an ultimatum, but you're kind of giving one to your, I mean, you, you still are seemingly aware that you will lose this relationship if you don't get your drinking in line. So I don't really know if there's a whole lot of difference other than the fact that maybe Allie has not explicitly expressed that to you. She just left, you know, (laughs) which I think might be a bigger statement than being like, hey, drink or not, which make no mistake is not a criticism on Allie's part. Like she sees behavior that she doesn't like. You should leave. I'm all for it. I'm team Allie before I'm team James. That's that's for damn sure. Anyway, it just kind of sounds like two sides of the same coin that that James is trying to make very different, and I don't really think it is. But then he sends in a confessional. Because Lala asked him, do you see not drinking as a forever thing? And he's like, yeah, it has to be. Like, I, I can't. And he says in a confessional, you know, I'm 31 now. You know, I really want to focus on my health, and I don't want to be like an alcoholic 40-year-old that loses everything, you know? Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And he did it so smoothly. Even I didn't catch on to who he was referring to. Like, I didn't even catch that shade the first time. (laughs) I caught it now, though, and I giggled. So basically, she tells him, like, don't worry about it. I'm never going to tell anybody, like, what your rock bottom was. Like, we have this thing between us. I'm never going to tell anybody because nobody would relate to us on that level. Then we go over to Schwartz's sad, sad apartment. There are pictures of him and Spooky Joe on the refrigerator. Just, like, very, you know, the cutesy polaroid pictures like i took one of you you took one of me we went on a cute hike you know like that vibe and then we see some post-it notes on like a bathroom mirror or whatever four of them it says dear buck i love you so much thank you for everything xx i will miss you xx love dukes like girl just just pee on him just pee on him right now like that's your man we got it girl (laughs) we got it Sometimes as in a confessional, Joe's a human being that I, Joe's a human being, Joe's a light in my life. I want to clear things up. Joe was never living with me. Was she staying with me sporadically? Yes. She's not my girlfriend. She never was, but we had a romantic whirlwind thing, but we're buds now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. She's cutting his hair. Tom comes over. Like the whole vibe is just very sad. Very sad. So Schwartz tells him, I went to Vanderpump Dogs the other day. I had this great conversation with Lisa. I booked a sick cabin in Tahoe. Everybody's going except for Katie and Ariana. You're invited. But uh, maybe you could leave your ego here and just say, like, I'm sorry that I hurt you to the people. Sandoval's wearing a lightning bolt earring at this point, by the way. So Tom's like, yeah, I'm going to say sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I gave you guys so much fucking content. Like, so sorry about all that merch you sold. Yeah, please. And then he goes on this rant about how Sheena and Lala led the way. And now people are following their lead on how to treat us, like me and Rachel. What? First of all, 
they played some clips of Sheena and Lala's podcast where they're both talking about this situation, but neither of the comments that they were making were like, go attack Tom. Like, Sheena's talking about how she lost friendship with him. Lala's calling him a narcissist, which, oh, now we know why he called her one back. So, none of these were, like, inflammatory statements. I'm sure that they said them, many of them, on their podcast, but we didn't hear them on the show. So, (laughs) I would also like to say, secondly, never in my life, outside of, like, finding my right side for a posed picture or like how to do makeup. Am I going to be looking to those two to lead me to anything? And you know that I think Sheena Shea is one of our strongest soldiers and still I would not go into the foxhole with her. You know what I mean? Like those two things can't exist because I'm saying them. (laughs) I trust her with my life and I also trust her with nothing. Okay. Nobody was like, oh, Lala and Sheena are the Pied Pipers of how I should dictate my feelings towards Sandoval. What is going on in your mind, sir? I just feel like, I don't know, is something with the constant gel manicures that he's getting? Is the UV, is there a science between the UV rays, like somehow migrating up to his brain? And things just aren't synapsing? Because, like, how do you even. How does your mind even go here? I don't get it. <laughs> they were leading the way. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum up the hill. Telling everybody how, how to feel about me. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> you fucking weirdo. Oh, my God. So Schwartz goes, Tom, this energy's not going to serve you well. Like, I'm saying, I'm not saying you have to let people walk all over you or abuse you, but... This is not the way, man. Schwartz says in a confessional that Sandoval's got this tone of, like, they don't know what they've done to me, and it worries him. He's like, I don't want to undermine his feelings, but I don't think this attitude is going to be productive with anybody else. He says he's optimistic about the trip, but he doesn't think it's going to cleanse anybody's memory, but he's kind of hoping it opens the door a little bit. Joe starts getting real spooky, trying to play peanut gallery with her thoughts on the matter. Like, Tom and Tom are trying to have this conversation, and she keeps chiming in. And this was the point where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm understanding why Katie defined her as spooky. Because why are these two having a conversation? And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. Yeah, what? What do you, you don't have to say anything. Why are you even here? It's giving, like... My first girlfriend is hanging out with the guys and she just like doesn't know how to hang and everybody's just dealing with it. You know what I mean? So Schwartz tells Sandoval, just let everybody have their feelings. And Joe's like, yeah, I was going to say that. Just let them feel it. Right. (laughs) And Sandoval's like, well, it's been five months. And Schwartz is like, "Okay, well, what's five minutes more then? You know, so then towards the end of the episode, we see that Sheena and Brock are going to go out on a double date with James and Allie. So this is like their first night with Summer Moon having a babysitter. Tori's going to be there, but Sheena also invited her sister. Y'all, why was <laughs> why were Brock and Summer playing doctor before they left? And Tori gets down and has a like little play shot syringe and is like, um, do you take Ozempic? Why did you ask Summer Moon if she used Ozempic? <laughs> and Brock's like, are you really going to have this conversation in front of my daughter? <laughs> so after that, they go out to dinner with James and Allie, right? And Sheena tells them all about the conversation she had with Lisa and how she had tears in her eyes and, you know, she's talking about her brother and seeing the similarities and how this made her think she maybe needs to go a little bit easier on Tom. So James like, yeah, Lisa FaceTimed me earlier. She's like asking me to talk. And Sheena's like, oh, well, yeah, that's what she's going to tell you. She's going to tell you the same thing. And then she says, well, I just don't want Tom to do something and then for it to be too late. But Brock says, well, that's kind of unfair because like, what are you going to do in this position? Everybody's human. They're going to be empathetic to him. And Allie says, right, that's kind of why I'm nervous about going to Tahoe, because I just feel like I'm going to fall for whatever he says. 
And Allie then says in a confessional that Tom has really never done anything to her personally. He's always been kind, but she just feels very uncomfortable around him, seeing the way that he hurt James. And she just doesn't want to be fake nice around him and just kind of one of those things where you're just kind of preparing yourself for awkwardness. So Brock says, look, things get weird. There's hotels down the street if, if shit gets bad, right? And then he says, there's right, there's wrong. Now, doubt, no doubt whatsoever that what he did was wrong. But we can also have empathy for somebody who's fucked up their lives. This is what Allie says. She's like, yeah, y'all can do whatever you want. <laughs> y'all do whatever you want. So then the episode ends. Uh, so James goes over to Vanderpump Dogs. And Lisa says, I know you were very worried about Graham. And then he just comes down the stairs. And James is like, is that him? <laughs> and they get together. And, and he's like saying hi to him. And Lisa tells him he just got rescued. And that they had gotten a call from somebody telling him that James or that Graham had been in a foster home for like a couple months. And he had bit a couple times. So they asked Lisa if she could take him back. So James starts to, like, totally cry, and he says in a confessional, you know, I'm just feeling sad and angry and confused, but it's just a dream come true that he's come back, and he calls him his best friend. (laughs) Oh, and then they're just, like, walking down the sidewalk together. Oh, I'm happy for little Graham. Hippie. Hippie, his new name. Very sweet. Was this episode great? Nah. (laughs) No. Not not my favorite, but, you know, we definitely had things to talk about, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. If you want to, this is like the lead up to my birthday week. It's on the 27th. Follow me on Instagram because your girl needs to pump up her followers. I would really love that. If you want to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be cool. If you... I don't know, have $5 a month and you want to sign up for the Patreon, you could do that too. No pressure, but it is patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. You can find links to all my socials in every episode, every episode description. I hope you guys have a great day. We have Summer House later this week. I can't wait. I'm so excited to talk about it. So excited for you guys to see it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.